20. I'll be reading verses 18 to 38. And now they were come to him. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you all, with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mine, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me in the lying by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have shown you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch, and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one of you night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have shown you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him unto the ship. You may be seated. God bless you. Well, it's a blessing to be with you here this morning. I trust that as we uh, uh, look to the Lord, that he will add his further blessing to our service here this morning. Now, when you're assigned the topic on the, uh, the qualities of leadership or the uh, character of Paul, it's sometimes a bit uh, hard to know where to begin and where to end in that. So um, we will by no means uh, exhaust the subject here uh, there's a lot about the Apostle Paul that uh, we could uh, look at and consider as we think about leadership and uh, how we are to conduct ourselves. So I think we, as we take these lessons from Paul's life, we want to uh, consider them even for ourselves. Uh, this doesn't necessarily just go for church leaders, but I think... Uh, most of us, if not all of us, 
find ourselves in some position of leadership. And so uh, I think these uh, lessons, these qualities can apply for all of us. Paul, in his letters, he encouraged the believers to follow him as he followed Christ. And I think that's, that's the, uh, the whole emphasis of, of, of Paul's ministry, is that as he followed Christ, people could follow him. It's difficult for us maybe to comprehend the lasting impact that Paul has had upon the life of the church and even in the life of unbelievers throughout the church age. And for over 2,000 years now, men and women have been reading the letters that were penned by Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we learn from those letters that he has written to various individuals, to various churches. But that impact that Paul has had didn't come easy. That impact came by a great personal sacrifice in the life of Paul. And we read in Romans chapter 9, Paul's devotion and love for his people. He writes, For I wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. Paul longed for his people, the Jewish people, to come to know Jesus as the Christ, as their Lord and Savior. He was willing to lay down his own life if it meant that others would come to faith in Christ. There's a lot of things that Paul experienced in his life as he ministered, as he preached the gospel of Christ. He suffered lashings at the hands of the Jews. He suffered imprisonment, persecution, poverty. But despite all that, his concern, as he expressed it in 2 Corinthians 11, his concern was for all the churches. So I want to, we want to look at some of the leadership lessons from his life, from his ministry. Maybe we'll back up, who was Paul? Paul, we are told, came from the town of Tarsus. We don't read really much about Paul's early life. Most likely, his education began at a very young age. I'm told that the Jewish law prescribed that a boy is to begin the study of scriptures at five years of age. 
and move on to the study of the legal traditions at the age of 10. I believe that Paul was probably involved in that learning from a very, very young age. But there came a time when Paul's education moved beyond the local synagogue. As I understand, this is not necessarily the case for every Jewish boy. But at 13, a Jewish boy took upon himself the full obligation of the law. And the more promising young men were directed into schools where they were brought up under the teaching of important teachers. It's a good possibility that's what happened with Paul. Probably at the age of 13 or shortly thereafter, it's possible that Paul moved to Jerusalem to study under the rabbis, to further his training there. And Paul, I believe, had some of the best education that a young Jewish boy could have in that time. We read about that in Acts 22. Paul talks about that. Acts 22 and verse 3. I am verily a man, which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city, talking about Jerusalem, at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye all are this day. Paul had the best education that was possible for a Jewish boy. And Paul became a promising young Pharisee, moving up in the ranks. But we also realize that in this position, Paul began to persecute the church. Paul saw the Christian faith being opposed to the Jewish beliefs, to the things that he was taught, the things that he knew. And as a leader, Paul sought to bring an end to this new movement. He wanted to keep this movement from expanding, from influencing other people. Now, although he was persecuting the church, there's some leadership qualities that we, that we already see in his life at this point. It appears that Paul was one of the men that was leading the charge against the Christians. In Acts chapter 9, we're familiar with those pas- that passage where Paul obtained letters to go to Damascus and to bring back those that he found that were of this way, whether they were men or women. He was going to bring them back to Jerusalem. So we already see the demonstration here of Paul willing to take the initiative and lead. Paul's commitment to what he believed was not to be questioned. 
He believed it. He took the initiative to make something happen so that it could continue so that what he believed could happen. And he sought out the authority that was needed to bring an end to this Christian faith. There again, we see Paul showed a respect for the proper authority that was in place. Leaders need to respect the proper authority. The authorities that are in place. As leaders, doesn't always mean that we have the last word or that uh, a leader makes all of those decisions on his own. But there's proper authority, there's proper accountability that is in place for leadership. And Paul recognized this structure and he followed it. Paul demonstrated the need to follow principles that were already in place, apply them in whatever situation that he found himself in. And this carried on over as he, uh, when he began ministering for the gospel, those leadership qualities stayed with him. I'd like to now go to the, uh, the account in Acts chapter 15. This was now after Paul's conversion, after he'd been ministering to the Gentile people. God had called him to minister to the Gentiles. And Paul comes up against an issue that he felt very strongly about. There were certain men that were teaching that circumcision was required for salvation. It was becoming quite a problem in the early church. We read about some of that in uh, the book of Galatians. Paul addresses a lot of that in Galatians. The entire gospel message was on the line because of this teaching. And as a leader, Paul was not willing to compromise on this truth of the gospel. In fact, Paul went to, to great lengths to make sure that this teaching does not overtake the church. He was willing to correct even those who were in leadership on this issue. Where we have uh, have record that he confronted Peter and Barnabas on this very issue. And yet, it seems as though Paul noticed, Paul believed that there's, there's more needed to be done. In Acts 15 here, we have the believers at Antioch that needed a clarification regarding this issue. And Paul was willing to take the issue, Paul and Barnabas went to Jerusalem 
so that this issue could be confronted, could be settled in the minds of the church. They brought this decision before the apostles, before the elders in Jerusalem to settle the matter. Now, we're not told here in the Scripture explicitly who initiated this decision to go to Jerusalem and to bring it before the apostles. But it does demonstrate to us the authority that the apostles had and the need that there needed to be a united testimony in, in regards to this issue. Again, we see a, a demonstration of Paul willing to take this matter before the apostles at Jerusalem. Paul was not a lone ranger. He was not one to take things and go for it by himself. But he was a team player. He was one who was willing to work with the other men. He recognized the authority of the apostles. And he saw the need for this united testimony, which we know happened at this council in Jerusalem, where the, the matter was brought before the apostles and the elders. Verse 22 of Acts 15, it says, Then pleased it the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Barsabas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. And it goes on and talks about the decision that was made here in this council in Jerusalem. Paul was willing to follow their counsel. He made, he made a, a good argument along with Barnabas, and uh, we see how that their testimony was, uh, was accepted, was considered, and uh, they were sent back to the church at Antioch with the decision of the apostles and elders. It may be worth noting that as, as this crisis passed, Paul and Barnabas went back to doing what they had been doing before, preaching the gospel message. Demonstrates again to us just the, the servant leadership of Paul, willing to serve where God placed him. Leadership is not without its disagreements. And we see that also in the life of Paul. One of the most notable disagreements in the New Testament revolves around Paul and Barnabas in regards to John Mark going with them on a missionary journey. Paul and Barnabas both seem to be very passionate about this disagreement. And we're told that the contention was sharp. There was a sharp disagreement between Paul and Barnabas. 
though we can learn from this, that even faithful servants of Christ can have a considerable disagreement over matters. We know how this story ends. Even though there was a sharp disagreement, God was able to use that disagreement for his good. And I think we need to remember that disagreements will happen. Wherever you have a group of people, there will be disagreements. There will be people who will make mistakes. And as leaders, we must allow for individuals to mature in their faith. We need to also allow time for disagreements to heal. Now, it would have maybe been easy for Paul to just emphatically state that he never wanted anything to do with John Mark again. But we know that's not the case. God had a significant role for John Mark in the early church. And reconciliation was able to take place. Where Paul came to the point that he saw the value that John Mark had. The, what he was able to contribute to the church. Again, equality for leaders where we recognize we don't just hang on to the past and the failures and the disappointments of the past, but that we can move on and see the good that God brings even from our mistakes and from our uh, disappointments. Now I'd like to turn to Acts 20, the passage that Dave read for us. And we see a number of, of qualities and lessons from this passage. We have Paul journeying to Jerusalem. Paul is aware of what's going to happen, at least in part, in Jerusalem. He tells the people that he realizes the, the hardships that he's going, there are hardships that he's going to need to face. And Paul was, was moving towards Jerusalem, and he wanted to, again, encourage the leaders, the elders of the Ephesian church. And yet he didn't want to take the time to go through Ephesus because he wanted to, he, he was on a time schedule that he wanted to get back to Jerusalem by a certain time, by the day of Pentecost. And so he sent for the Ephesian elders to meet him at a port that they were uh, going to stop in. Paul was concerned about the church at Ephesus. We know from the uh, book of Acts, Paul spent quite a bit of time in Ephesus uh, helping the leaders and the elders become established. 
Paul wanted to continue to encourage them. And so he sent for them to meet him so that he could give them some more instructions, more words. Paul knew that if he could get those elders, those leaders, to stick with God's word, they would have what they need to face the future. Paul continued to point them to Jesus Christ and to what he had done. Paul tried to describe his leadership. And he used some illustrations. He used the illustration of parents. Like a good spiritual mother, Paul was gentle and caring. Like a spiritual father, Paul encouraged, he comforted, and he urged the people. He was one that was sensitive to the needs of those that he was leading. In verse 19, we see the quality of humility. Paul was an humble man. That humility came about because of his awareness of his dependence on God. Before, before Paul was converted, it seemed about that the life that he lived was about himself. But as he turned his life over to Jesus Christ, he no longer thought about himself, but everything was about Jesus Christ. Paul was a man of integrity. He was authentic. Verse 18, when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Paul was the same man in public as he was in private. Didn't matter who he was with. He was the same man. He was authentic. Paul wasn't in the ministry for what he could gain. But it was all about Jesus Christ. If we jump ahead to verse 33, where he, he talks about he coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. It wasn't what he wanted. He wasn't in this ministry for what he could get out of it. But he demonstrated courage to be able to say what was needed to be said to be able to do what needed to be done and to go where he needed to go. Verse 20, he says he kept back nothing 
that was profitable unto them, to you. It wasn't about him. Paul also modeled sacrifice. Even though he knew he would need to suffer, he was not deterred from going on to Jerusalem. He was following the leading of the Holy Spirit in his life, and he was willing to suffer for that. Paul had a desire to go to Rome. He made that desire known a number of times. When he first had that desire, I doubt he realized what he would have to experience to be there. Paul's desire to be in Rome came about through chains. He wasn't able to go to Rome as a free man. And yet, we see that even in those circumstances, Paul had a very active ministry while he was in Rome. He was able to teach the believers. He wrote many letters in his time at Rome, letters that we still have to draw encouragement from today. Even while he was suffering, while he was under arrest, Paul sought to continue to teach the Word of God. His love for Christ, his love for people pressed him into a continued service no matter how difficult it was. And even in his closing days, Paul continued to provide instruction about church order his concern of false doctrine, his pastoral oversight of church life, it didn't end when he was taken to prison, but he continued to provide instruction, demonstrating again Paul's chief concern was for the church of Jesus Christ. The book of 2 Timothy, we believe, was written during the final days of Paul's ministry, the final days of his life. And I'd like to turn to chapter 4 of 2 Timothy the last chapter of that book. 
and see some of the parting thoughts that Paul had. In verse 2, we see his concern that the word of God be preached. Talking to Timothy, he was encouraged him to preach the word, to be instant, in season, out of season, to reprove, rebuke, to exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. And he says, why? He says, there's a time coming when the people will not endure sound doctrine, but they're going to go on. They're going to listen to teachers who tell them what they want to hear. Paul wanted Timothy to know that there's a time coming when sound doctrine would not be tolerated. And Paul wanted Timothy to fulfill his ministry. Verse 5, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. And after giving Timothy those instructions, Paul gives a powerful testimony of his example as a, of a leader facing persecution, facing death. In verse 7, Paul says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all, that, all them also that love his appearing. Paul was looking forward to receiving his rewards And yet, he provided that same hope for all that love his appearing. So even while facing death, Paul provided hope. Paul provided encouragement. In verse 16 of 2 Timothy 4, Paul expressed something that there was a point in his life that was a lonely time for him, where he says that no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. But his prayer was that God would not lay it to their charge. Rather than express his bitterness, Paul proclaimed a forgiveness. And he says that the Lord stood with me and strengthened me 
and that by me the preaching might be fully known, that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, will preserve me unto his holy heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Paul's confidence was in Jesus Christ. There's a lot more that we could learn from the life of Paul. There's many books that could be written to express all of the leadership lessons that we could glean from Paul's life and ministry. Even before his conversion, his diligence to his education, to his position as a Pharisee, demonstrated a man that was willing and capable of leading men. And once Paul became a new creation in Christ, God refined him into becoming a model leader for all Christians, even today. We saw how he tackled the delicate and critical issue at the Council of Jerusalem. And we saw that even though a disagreement occurred over John Mark, Paul showed humility. He showed leadership in his reconciliation with John Mark. And during his final years of ministry, Paul provided a living example of a man so committed to Christ that he was willing to lay down his own life if it meant that others would have the opportunity to respond to the gospel of Christ. Paul's motive was to please Christ. He looked beyond his own life to train up leaders that could go on the, with the work after his departure. Paul's desire was that all men, all women of faith in Christ, would look toward Christ, toward Jesus, in a hope of eternal life. The security and peace that Paul experienced in his life was not dictated by the world or by his surroundings, but it came through a relationship with Jesus Christ. He suffered much. But to him, it didn't seem like much because he was doing it for the cause of Jesus Christ. Leaders today within the church would be wise to continue, continue to study, to apply the principles that Paul lived out in his faith. And I trust that we want to continue to do that in our lives. Paul invited the people and I think that extends even to us to follow him, not because of who he was, but to follow him as he followed Christ. 
I believe that all of us should strive to be that kind of example to others. To follow us, not because of who we are, but to follow us as we follow Christ. I believe that as, as we're able to do that, we will be stronger Christians, we will be better parents, and we will be more effective leaders. May God help us to that end. Let's kneel for prayer.